Hello and welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's producer, media guru, and her son. On today's show, we are gonna be talking about titles, and with me as always is Rebecca Kroll. Hello everyone. Uh, titles, yes, um, quite a, a bugaboo for yeah, a lot this, of people. This is a big topic with big opinions on the subject. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is, uh, people fall into certain camps, and um, yeah. so I I don't know how many times I've, I've heard people wonder aloud how to pick titles. I myself find it difficult, and I admire people who come up with fantastic titles all the time. I, I'm not really sure how they do it, but... <laughs> Probably focus groups. <laughs> I'll I'll uh, I'll do my best to share what I know about titles and with full knowledge that I I struggle with it myself and I think I think artists uh, a lot of people listening will recognize that moment when you, you the painting is done and you're sending it off or you're putting it in a show or something and you're like it doesn't have a title yeah. and so you're 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 um, really trying to come up with something and 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 you find something okay that'll do and then kind yeah. of cringe a little later when you see it on the right on and the, the temptation <laughs> is just to like put a bunch of words in a hat and draw yeah. them out um so uh i i w i would like to tell a, a fun story i guess about a, a great debate i i witnessed among artists about titling abstract painting and this took place at dinner during a workshop, so everybody was there, and and I'm sure wine was being consumed. And and no doubt, <laughs> this was in Ireland. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, so Guinness. So anyway, so someone uh, <laughs> said, "I don't think you should ever title an abstract painting." Quite a quite a firm opinion, and everybody sat there for a minute and thought. Oh, well, hmm. And then someone said, well, I, I always title my abstract work and I think it's important. And so there followed a great debate and strong opinions. And um, it, was, it was interesting. So the, on the non-title side, uh, because it, we were talking about abstraction, which is open to interpretation, the idea was that as soon as you title it something, you have dictated what the person will respond to in the work. And I think on the title side, yes, we do want to help people understand the work. We don't mind giving them something of our own thought about the painting, and we think it's important. Well, just because it's abstract doesn't mean that it lacks a subject. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so, I, so anyway, it was, it was food for thought, and I think, I think most most people do title their work. I mean, and and one of the huge drawbacks to untitled work is um, <clears throat> just simply keeping track of it. So. Right, you end up with this big long series called Untitled. Untitled number six hundred and eighty-seven. <laughs> exactly. Or I mean, and, how many paintings are you really going to produce in 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 this series? You know, how many numbers? It's like uh, you end up putting serial numbers on your artwork. Right. I mean, if you never title anything, your your numbers are going to be pretty high. So, yeah. <laughs> um, and and it is it is very hard, especially when you're um, marketing your work and um, talking about your work, anything to not have a title to refer to. I was uh, I was told once early on. 
I brought an untitled work into a gallery that I was working with, and she was making note of my paintings, and she said, this one's untitled. And I said, well, yeah, you know, I couldn't come up with a title, blah, 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 staring at my feet. <laughs> and she says, either you title it or I will. <laughs> So, okay, well, I, I guess I'll come up with something. Right, I like her. <laughs> uh, but, you know, from her perspective, she doesn't want that. She doesn't want to no, deal with No, she that. needs to track her sales, and she, you know, if, if 15 artists come in and bring her a work called Untitled and then a number, yeah, yeah. it makes things very complicated for the people who are trying yeah. to market your work. Yeah. And if they can't market and sell your work, then you're not making money. <laughs> So that's that's a very practical reason to title, but uh, there's a lot of other reasons that are more conceptual or you know have to do with your communication skills, I guess. So I I do believe in titling all work, even abstract work. Um, and I won't say that I title every single little work on paper and every single thing I do because that gets a little ridiculous too. Um, but any anything that's in a show, an exhibit. Gonna be displayed, gonna website, be sold. Yeah, will have a title. So, and sometimes I have to admit I reuse titles, so. <laughs> I, I, I actually know this because my fiance <laughs> was trying to organize your yes. catalog of works. She and, was once my studio assistant. Yeah, I heard all about <laughs> You reusing titles and so she'd say, um, Rebecca, I can't find this one called uh, whatever it was, and I'd say, Oh well, I repainted over that, and now it's a new painting called the same thing, and this is, but but it's a different size, and you know, <laughs> different colors, completely looks different. So I mean, that's you know, again, a kind of a practical thing if you have a studio assistant who is yeah. expected to know what this you're doing. This is why Kara is no longer your studio assistant. <laughs> Not the whole reason. <laughs> or do you know something I don't know? I, I think it's a big part of it is the, the frustration with your titles. <laughs> Poor Kara. Anyway. Um, I do believe in titles. I try not to reuse them. Although, you know, okay, let's think about it though. Over time, uh, artists come back to certain themes. Right. You know, you cycle through these things that you're interested in, and if enough time has gone by. Well, and how many words can fit in a human's brain? You know, I mean, yeah. you're, you're going to have to reuse some titles. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just put a number after it, though, right? Right, right. right. Well, that works too. So. <laughs> So I, I think it's interesting when you're, if you watch people at an exhibit, a gallery or whatever, so most people will come up to a painting and they'll look at it and then within a few seconds they look at the label, right? Yeah. Now you might think they're looking for the price. Sometimes it's there, sometimes it isn't. But I think they're usually looking for the title. Yeah, almost always when I, I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm <clears throat> always looking at the title and I'm always interested to see what a work is titled, and I'm somewhat disappointed when I see <laughs> untitled number 457. <laughs> so, you know, when I see somebody um, doing that and looking at the label, to me, I, I'm thinking, oh, they're, they're engaged now. They're engaged on another level. Um, they've gone past their initial visual impression. They want a little more. They're looking for another um, level of meaning or something. So. What, whatever you're going to tell them in your title provides the next step for them, the next thing that they're going to think about as they look at it again. And so thinking about that, it makes it pretty important. Like what, 
what are you giving them to ponder when they go back and, and they they look? And, and I think going past just an easy labeling of information like, you know, house on a hill or something, if that's what it is. And here I'm talking about representational work as well as abstraction. I mean, you could name an abstract painting house on you, a hill. You, you could if, that's, <laughs> if that was your intention, and I'll get into that in a minute. But, um, so, you know, I guess what I'm saying is if there's another slightly poetic level that you could add to it so that the person is now engaged in their thinking mind as well as their visual mind. And so what does the house on the hill really mean to you? Uh-huh. So, yeah, so, yeah, even if it's a very straightforward title um, and it really is a picture of a house on a hill, then then that tells the viewer something. You know, it tells the viewer that this was what you meant to do was paint this house on the hill. And there it is. And, you know, that title... In all title, its glory. Yes, that title might not be enough to take the person to another level, but it does say something about the artist's intention. And so I think um, that basic idea of you're, you're in control of your title and you can give the viewer something that gives insight into your work with the title. So it, it, I, I think a lot of artists recognize it is kind of a responsibility and a, and a, and a difficult thing to come up with good titles. So um, I think, I think anyway, you're sort of giving them a, a hook, like what is the relationship between the title and the painting? And if it's very straightforward, it's very straightforward. But if you've painted a house on a hill and you call it um, dream, then it becomes a dream of a house on a hill. And so um, then you've added another level of conceptual meaning to the painting. And um, so it kind of gets, a lot of it gets down to what, what are you trying to say in both in the image and your title. And I know throughout the podcast and in the book and everywhere I talk about intentions for your work. And it's, it's a level of understanding of your own work that says, um, these are the ideas I'm following. These are the ideas that interest me. These are the visual things that interest me. Um, these are part of who I am and what I want to convey. And, and it's so arriving at, at that understanding is a long process. But titles play a part in that, I think. And, and they pay a, play a part not only in what you tell your viewer, um, but I think they also play a part in your own thought process. So if you're, if you're sort of grasping at what it is your work is about, and you look at your titles and they're all over the place, um, it doesn't inform you. But if you put some effort into saying, well, my work is about... Um, an interpretation of landscape, and you look at, and then you think about your titles, and you think the titles should relate to that. They should be something about the place, the landscape, and so there's that direct connection. And so, and we see it oftentimes in your work. You mm -hmm. know, when you're um, abstracting from a place, like yes. we've talked about in the in the past, and oftentimes you you mention that place in your yes. title name, yeah. and you tell people specifically yeah. where you were when you were inspired to create this work, yeah, or the memory of the place, you know, yeah, where I was when I was taking something away from that particular place, and then it evolved into this abstract painting, um, 
and I, I think in my own work, the title, the whole title issue has evolved. I am making progress, but so for a long, long time, my titles were place related. So, um, you know, it might be um, the Mayo Coast Coastal Series, and it would be from being in Ireland and looking at the rocks and things. I was abstracting from that and referencing it in the title. Um, and then if I went to New Zealand, which I did, there was one called Takapuna, which is a beach there, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, that, and that was actually, you know, kind of an, an easy way to come up with titles. Well, it's easy and, and it's not a bad way to go either no, because no. it gives the viewer a connection to this place right, through right. your artwork, which is what your intention is anyway. Right. So it, it all, serves that function of, yeah. of uh, moving your intention into the work a little bit more. Yeah, so you know it all fit together. But in the last year, year and a half, two years, my work has been changing and my own thought about my work has changed so that it isn't so much about specific places anymore. It's, it's more, um, I'm looking for something bigger, sort of universal about these kind of rugged places that I like. And, and maybe it's from a lot of travel and seeing similarities in these places and the similar feelings I get from them. So my titles have also changed. And I don't now, very often at least, refer to specific places. So. Some of my newer, newer titles are like Shifting Light, or um, there's a, several of them that start with where is, like where it is still, where the light gets in, um, where the veil is thin. And I kind of like those because they start with where, and that opens up the mind to a place, but it's not a specific place. So. I'm kind of kind of on a roll with some of those titles, and so finding a phrase that sort of um, is a way in it helps. Um, so I think that it's not just an abstraction that these intentions come into play. And it's interesting when you look at titles of some famous paintings and you you realize what they're actually called. It's kind of interesting, and and one of the famous ones is the painting that everyone calls Whistler's Mother. Um, and it's actually called um, Arrangement in Gray and Black Number One. That's the title that James McNeil Whistler gave the painting. <laughs> now it is a picture of his mother. Um, but to me, that the fact that he gave it that title meant that his intentions were not so much portraiture, but his intentions were perhaps much more formal, um, having to do with with value distribution or something, you know. And so it's it's really kind of eye-opening. Well, it's interesting too that the public then followed through on the threat that you that the, that the gallery owner made to you where they renamed his work. <laughs> right. and, and there's this whole you know, uh, intention that the public has placed uh -huh, on his work really that yeah. was not necessarily there or maybe it was and they saw it yeah. and chose a new title to so reflect that. Arrangement in, in gray and black, number one, just wasn't doing it for people. I mean, <laughs> frankly, if I painted a picture of you, I wouldn't call it arrangement in gray and black. You Thank know? You. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I guess the point is, it's, it is, um, it's an opportunity for the artist to say that if they want to say it, you know? And I think, and I think maybe he also wanted Maybe you wanted people to realize that even when you're looking at a figure, 
and you think you know about the figure and you think you know it's his mother, it is also on some level an abstraction. You know, it is also on some level an arrangement of value and color. So I think I think it was kind of a cool title actually. And so um but it's it's a window into his own thinking that you wouldn't have if he just called it my mother. So um again it's it's an opportunity for the artist to give you another little hint about what's going on inside of them. Um and I think uh bring out the central themes and what what you're what you're actually really interested in so um i'm just being conscious about that and as i said it can actually help your own clarity about your work to look at your titles and think about them uh, not not having focused titles presents a scattered view of your work and i think there's something that happens in abstraction <laughs> which is um, process-oriented work where there is no particular end in sight so or end in mind so the person paints and paints and then they they come to the end of their painting and they say well it's done I I like it it's got a good composition good colors etc now I have to title it oh um, hmm okay so I think it looks a bit like the woods it looks like a forest so mm -hmm. um, maybe I'll call it like under the trees okay so that's the title okay and that's good, you know, people look at it and say, oh, okay, under the trees, I see that, yeah. So then the next painting they do, again, perhaps someone who doesn't have a real focus or concentration in their work. So they paint and paint and they finish it and they say, oh, there looks like a figure in there, like kind of a dark figure. So hmm, I think I'll call it like vampire. So, so you go to a show and here's this two paintings. One is called Under the Trees and one is called Vampire and maybe they have six other paintings with six other unrelated titles and <clears throat> in a way it's fine it's kind of there's a tradition of that in abstract expressionism actually if you look at the titles of a lot of abstract expressionist paintings they can be all over the place but there's a central kind of vision you recognize the person's work um, as a developing artist i think it's really good to start focusing your titles more and connecting them with what you're trying to say. Well, I think that in abstract art, there is a difference between art that has intention and purpose and subject mm -hmm. um, and work that doesn't. And I, True. I think that uh, work that is done purposefully ends up being better. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm not sure if it's possible to really produce artwork that doesn't have any of that it may be subconscious it doesn't have a purpose exactly yeah. it may yeah. it may be something that's kind of underneath the surface but yeah i think it always does and i think that the artist knows what that is even if they're not mm -hmm. wanting to really talk about it mm -hmm. um, and artwork is their kind of means of communicating these ideas but i think you need to give your your people your Something. public, some yeah. some window into what that well, is. And it makes me think of work that, you know, I guess abstract expressionism is, is an example mm -hmm. um, where maybe the whole purpose and intention is to be very spontaneous and expressive. So it's full of um, color and line. And, and, you know, the artist who does that work 
and has developed their work has a certain style that's recognizable and it's, you know, it's holding together, it's a good composition, etc. What to call that kind of work? Um, you know, maybe that you would just call it something like, you know, the power of red or, you know, dancing blue or something. Yeah, you know. there are spontaneous and expressive titles yes, that, exactly. that don't necessarily denote some kind of deep exactly. philosophical meaning. I mean, right. that doesn't necessarily have to be in your work. No, I totally agree. It's but but whatever that intention is, you know, if you can if you can find titles that relate to it, and I think if you're just doing this kind of random thing. Well, it's almost like an ink blot, you know. Test. So you're looking at your own painting and thinking, "Oh, you know, it reminds me of this, so I'll call it that." Well, you end up with titles that um, I don't know, like maybe something cute or funny comes into your head. Well, if your work isn't about being cute and funny, don't use a cute and funny title. You know, I see a lot of paintings that have kind of humorous titles or whatever, and I think, but is is the person's intention really to be humorous, or is that just something that popped into their head when they were done? I don't know. You know, I'm a little confused well, by and, that. Well, and a lot of times titles seem kind of forced like that. Like there's, yeah. they're somewhat unrelated to the subject. You know, yes. there's some, you know, political message or something that's mm -hmm. being kind of shoehorned in through mm -hmm. the title or through mm -hmm. the artist statement that mm -hmm. you don't necessarily see it in the work. If the work is really about that, that's one thing. But if it's yeah. something that's kind of added on. Yeah, yeah well, it, it, it feels forced. It it always gets back to that central thing I, I love to talk about, which is for, the alignment of form and content. So your title is part of your content, and it, your title can refer to the form as well. And so, you know, if they're not in sync, and if it feels like something's being forced, then you know, rethink it because then you're outside of that zone where it's working, where it's actually. Uh, connected. So, I mean, I, I think it's kind of basic, but to have good titles, you have to kind of know what your work is about. Um, how you actually come up with titles, um, you know, kind of um, practical information. I know a lot of people reference uh, songs, lyrics, books, poetry, books, poetry, lots of things, and I think that's all fine. I think it's better maybe if you, if you, add your own twist, reword it somehow, make it a little bit more your own. Um, one of the things I do is I keep lists of evocative words and something that may not fit with a painting at that moment, but I just, I just have them in a sketchbook and I keep adding to it. And sometimes when I look back over it, I see combinations of words that fit this particular painting really well. Um, well, it's funny how words have meaning, but they also have kind of a feeling behind them. They, they do, and, good point, yeah. Yeah, and I that's something I do as well, is I'll just write down words. I just like the way they sound, or the way they, yeah. the emotions that they evoke. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I wanna just, I like that word, I'm gonna write it down. I've got lists of words that I use when I'm, yeah. when I'm trying to name something. And chances are the words that appeal to you and you like do probably have something to do with what you're trying to say. I mean, it's, it's all coming from, from your intuition and your sure. personality. And there's a subtext and there's, mm -hmm. there's things that come out in language that aren't necessarily right there on the surface. Yeah. And that's a big part of, of what you're doing with abstract work as well. Right. And it relates very strongly to poetry because um, you know, you can read poetry, you can try to read poetry literally, and sometimes that's fine, depending on the poet, but other times you can't read it literally. I mean, you have to just read it and let 
let it evoke something in you and let it work on you a little bit. And so for a poetic, if, if your approach to your work is sort of poetic like that, like you're, you're trying to evoke emotion or it's ambiguous what you're actually working from, if it's abstraction, I think a poetic type of title is, is really appropriate. And, um, you know, you can also use very simple, straightforward titles. Like, I mean, I've, in the past, I've used things like uh, Gold Field or Shelter or a Gathering. I mean, they're, they're sort of evocative words. They don't actually um, describe a particular thing in detail. I mean, Gold Field was just a color field. Um, so um, a word like gathering though just has a nice kind of cadence yeah. you know it just sounds it good it does and and so there are a lot of sort of abstracted nouns you know that that are like that like that describe actions or they describe movement or feelings and those kind of words can really be good the, i i have an aversion to titles that are overly kind of flowery and stuff like um you know, I don't can't think of one right now. But it's they, best that you not call out a specific <laughs> title. It's like something you'd read on a greeting card or something. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. You know, like they'd go along with like some kind of really flowery picture or something, and or they're overblown somehow. And you read there are a lot of titles that are they're sort of meant to be uh, bigger or something than the painting itself. They're the aim a bit too high. <laughs> so I kind of think it's good to be somewhat deadpan about titles in a way, kind of um, say a few words and let and let that um, work on the person and don't di dictate it to them, um, what they're supposed to come up with. So you here. want to walk that balance, especially in abstract work between telling somebody what to see and feel and, yeah. and, 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 and not having any kind of indication at all. Right. I mean, you, you as the artist may feel that it expresses the entire cosmos, but if you call it cosmos or something, then probably a lot of people are going to go, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think, I think it's better to be a little understated um, and uh, just kind of, you know, I don't know. I think it's a sign of respect for your viewer, too, that you don't need to tell them exactly what to think. You don't need to tell them how much they should be affected by your work or anything. You're give just, them a hint, leave them wanting more. Give them a, give them a, a, a hook to, to get into the work and then step back and let them do their, their thing with it because it is two-way communication. So yeah, yeah, you want to allow them to draw something out of it. Absolutely. And you know, one last thought about um, how titles when, when you have a body of work and you're thinking about what, how to deal with it, series titles are also something a lot of artists use. So maybe, maybe the entire series has one title. Within that series, you can use numbers or you could also use sub, kind of subtitles. Um, so um, like if, you're, if your overall title of the series was something like Journeys or Travels, and then your subtitle could be like on the road or something. So this particular painting references that aspect of the travels, you know. And so it can be, um, that can be a very unifying thing to have a series title. Uh, and we've talked a little bit about series, working in series and stuff before, so. So do you have any final thoughts to put a bow on this episode? 
I think titles deserve some pretty serious consideration. Um, you know, trying to use them as a way to invite the viewer into your into your inner process, into you, what who you're what you're about, and um, do it sincerely and honestly. And and realize you're probably going to have a few that you read later and say, "Ouch." Yeah. <laughs> well, that about wraps up this episode of the Messy Studio. You can find the Messy Studio on Facebook, as well as public profiles for both Rebecca Kroll and myself, Ross Tickner. Make sure to check out squeegeepress.com and www.rebeccacroll.com, and sign up for the email list to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. Please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, or Stitcher, and leave us a rating and a review. Remember to share the show with friends and family and anyone who you think will enjoy it. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. In the meantime, embrace your creative space, messy or otherwise. 